When Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, he learned the power and the love of God. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we learn lessons from the Exodus and God's great rescue. We are in episode 40. Uh, can you believe we started this 40 episodes ago of our study on Exodus? And we are in the middle of the Ten Commandments. This is part of Exodus. So the first part is being delivered out of slavery in Egypt. And then the next part is the Ten Commandments. And then we have a couple other things that are necessary to get to the promised land. But right now we are in the Ten Commandments. And we left yesterday with the commandment on thou shalt not commit adultery. We talked about what adultery was. Adultery basically is being bonded between a husband and a wife uh, in this relationship that creates a safe space to raise children. And the, the purpose of not committing adultery is so that these families will love and protect and care for those children. If you commit adultery, human beings, how they are, would likely say, that's not my child. I'm not going to take care of that child. And so they actually had a test uh, in numbers to see if the child was yours or not. It was kind of a unusual test. But if you went through that test and the woman survived that test, then the man would raise that child as his own and, you know, wash our hands of it and move forward. Um, and, and the whole purpose of that is to protect the family. And it's not just protecting the children, but it's just protecting the integrity of the family, which is what God wants because God knows we are human beings. We need, infants need the protection and love of a family. And so he created these things called families. I mean, there's a million different ways that God could have chosen to reproduce the human race. We didn't even have to reproduce the human race. When we could have created a bunch of people, he could have done the creation and let them, you know, let us all live together. But but God in his infinite wisdom and mercy allows us to have children, offspring, and to raise them and to get a, some semblance of the joy and maybe some of the frustration, but the incredible, for me, the incredible joy of raising children uh, he allows us to have that joy. He didn't have to have us get that joy, but he does. Why? Because he's a wise God. And so these Ten Commandments are put in place so that we can do it as best as we can. He's chosen to do this through a thing he calls the family. And the way he set up the family from the beginning was a husband and a wife and children. Now, there have been times in history where even biblical people expanded what that meant. We became very tribal. And so the family could be not only the, the, you know, the immediate family who produces the children, but the extended family, which is cousins, aunts, uncles, and the tribe. And the early Israelites were tribal people. So um, a huge tribe, actually, this tribe coming out of Egypt. But even, uh, even as the nomadic Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were very tribal also. But this is the basic structure. This is the basic structure that works. It's worked for thousands of years. It's how it's hardwired into our bodies and our brains and all that sort of thing. We probably should not mess with it too flippantly um, because God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so this is something that I think society today is trying to modify 
because it's um, I think the idea of of um, bonding yourself to one family or to one spouse or to you know to your children uh, there are a lot of people today in the society that says that's not that's not good enough we need something different from that and I would say to those people do that at your own peril do it at your your own risk that what God put together thousands of years ago uh, is a is a good system and it shouldn't be tampered with just willy-nilly all right so uh, I'm gonna leave that because today's topic is probably something uh, <laughs> that you're just gonna wonder okay let's talk about it and it's it's very simple it's the next commandment which is you shall not steal this is Exodus 20 15 you shall not steal now huh, uh, why should we not steal well because it's not our stuff we should not um, take other people's things because they don't belong to us. If we take other people's things, then we are violating a basic principle of life, which is God has given us the ability to do our own stuff and we should learn to live within the means of our own money, within our own skill set and all that sort of thing. We should not be people who steal. When you steal from somebody else, it destroys them. And it is wrong. You, the last thing you want to do is to take from somebody else. Um, think if you had, um, I mean, just think a thousand years ago and you had worked really, really hard and let's you say you saved a little bit of money, you know, five, 10, $15 or whatever it was, right? And uh, your whole plan for the rest of your life is dependent upon that $15. And all of a sudden, somebody comes and takes that away from you. And, and now you don't have the ability to live and, and it could really destroy you. Now, today we have safety net after safety net after safety net. And it's just all convoluted. But back at the time of the Israelites, that is just when you steal from somebody else, you are destroying their livelihood. You're destroying their life. And stealing is wrong. Stealing is, the, is one of these Ten Commandments. You should never, ever steal, period. Now, <laughs> that being said, we don't live long, no longer. We no longer live in this world where we even understand if we're stealing. Well, let me just back up. Um, one of the ways that the Israelites, that God gave us, once we started having uh, communities together and living together, then um, there are times, for example, in the Israelites, there were people who were priests who offered the sacrifices to God, helped keep the community together. They were called the priests. Uh, and they were people that were kind of separated from the rest of the people. And their job was to make sacrifices to God. But another part of their job was to, to build community. The, the job of a priest is not only to offer sacrifices to God, but to kind of help lead the people of Israel in a way that is, that is well. That they're not doing things that destroy the community. They're, they're, they have their pulse on the community and they lead the community forward. Those are called the priests it, it, with their respect to God. And 
whenever you start then having a community, then uh, then you get into the world of politics, right? And so um, it becomes very complicated as to whether or not you're stealing. Like, is what I'm doing in my life taking or receiving? Because once you live in a community, now there are community resources that are being used. For example, in the simplest sense, let's say the community comes together and digs a well and maintains a well. Um, there may be some people that are young, strong guys that can come and dig the well. They're older guys that don't have the ability to dig the well. Um, but everybody gets to benefit from the well. And it's just me. Is it a big amount or is it a little amount? I don't know. But everybody gets to have the benefit of that well. And so one of the things that God put into place to help us to not steal is to put in this idea of a tithe. And the idea of a tithe is that we as people in a community give up some percentage of our income to help that community thrive and flourish, to make sure that what we're getting is not more than what we're uh, giving out. It, because the, the, the commandment here, the commandment is to not steal. And what is stealing? It's easy to say in your life, I'm not stealing uh, by going to somebody's house and taking money or taking a property or possession out of their house. That one's clear cut. That one makes perfect sense to me. You don't go do that. But when you get into a society, it becomes a whole lot compli more complicated. Like if you looked at your life here in the United States today and you said, am I a net is my, is my life here in society a net gain to society or is my life here in the society a net loss to society? And that is a very, 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 very complicated question um, because you may, uh, you may think that your life is a net benefit to society, but is it really or are you taking from society? Now let's just let's just go down the list of people who live in a society. Let's say that you are a business owner. Um, I mean, this starts getting really, really, really complicated. But you're a business owner. The question you have to ask yourself is: Am I a net gain for society, or am I a net loss for society? If I'm an employee, am I am I a net gain? If I'm a politician, am I a net gain or am I a net loss? When we like in the United States, it's just so complicated that I don't know. I really don't know if our lives are net gains or net losers in society. Um, one, I mean, one of the things that God put into place then is this idea of a tithe. And that what God says is that if you give, as the more complex a society gets, if you give 10% of your earnings or 10% of your income, you know, back to the church, um, then, and probably the church is the only one that's really makes sense here. Um, this isn't taxes because taxes, we pay money in taxes, but we receive goods and services out of taxes. And I would say a lot of people probably pay money in taxes and they receive more goods and services than the taxes that they pay. So taxes isn't a good, um, taxes isn't a good marker. And I think we should pay taxes and we should receive those benefits from our taxes. I mean, that whole system is a political system. 
But what God is saying is, is that there's something outside of taxes, and that is the integrity of the society outside of that. And that is where you should give your your tithe, is in that area. And I know this is a long and complicated, drawn out, uh, but I have thought about this quite a bit. Because when I was younger, it's like, well, I pay taxes. Isn't that good enough for God? But then you have to stop and think, okay, but what does that taxes give you? And when I really started to think about what my taxes do, it provides roads, it provides a safety net for society. I mean, there's a lot of things that my taxes provide. Um, and am I a net beneficiary from those, from the services that I receive or am I a net loser from the services I receive? And all of that is just way too complicated. I don't understand it. So I put that to the side and I say, I pay my taxes and I get you know, whatever that is, that's in the political realm. But when I give to God, what I'm telling God basically is that aside from all that, what I'm giving you, I am uh, I am a net, you know, I'm trying to put a hedge of protection around that to make sure that I, my life is a net um, giver, I guess you could say, than a receiver of, of the things that I, that I do. Because out in the political realm, there's basically those that have power and influence, and they're going to always continue to receive power and influence. And so they're going to get more than they receive. Um, Yeah, they're going to get more than they give. And then there are going to be losers in society that give and they're not going to get in return. And calculating and figuring that out is just way too complicated. So as we as Christians live in our life, we have to put a barrier or hedge of protection. I mean, it sounds interesting. I mean, it almost sounds like uh, in some ways, it almost sounds like religion, right? We, religion is uh, God will be pleased with me if I give more than I receive, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's not only your money, but just everything in your life, the good works that you do and all that sort of thing that, you know, it's all on a scale and God's going to judge that scale at the end of time. Uh, we as, as Christians don't have a scale, because Jesus, you know, sits on one side of the scale and nothing, can, you know, that the world or that we do will ever be able to tip the other side of the scale. We are always going to be in a right relationship with God because Jesus is on the scale with us. But God still wants us to be net givers as opposed to net receivers. That's what pleases God. And so we shouldn't steal. Um, and I this is a hard one because there are times when I think that societies uh, steal from the vulnerable, and that is wrong. There are things when I think that um, all sorts of people and all sorts of different levels of government and business and, uh, and all that sort of thing, they actually steal from people, and I think that's wrong. Um, I, this is why I could never be a politician because uh, politicians, I believe, in, in their efforts to try to do as well as they can to protect the very poorest among us, they, ult- and they ultimately and inevitably get into bed with very, very powerful people who it's not to protect the young, but it is to, you know, to the, the widows and the orphans, if you will but to, um, to create powerful forces that end up lining their own pockets. I can't tell you how many laws I've seen. And if you really, really stop and think about that law, it's like, okay, who's benefiting from this? 
And how many times is the person that's benefiting from this a very, very powerful organization? And, and so I would not, I would not be very happy in that look, in that instance, because I don't think that, uh, I think Jesus came to protect the vulnerable and the weak. And so politicians should first and foremost be there to protect the vulnerable and the weak. And, um, even the vulnerable and the weak can create large lobbies that, that nets them a whole lot of things, um, and they, and they may become you know the powerful. I mean, who are the vulnerable and the weak in a society is a very very good question. If you stop and think about it, like who is the one that's going to be hurt most by a particular policy or something like that? And it it may it may be surprising that it is actually not the the one at the lowest end of the spectrum. I don't know. Um, it could be it could be somebody else. Um, it's also why. Uh, I think if you are a multi-billionaire, um, that you have to be very, 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 very careful with the things that God has given you. Are you a net taker? Are you a net receiver? And um, it's just a good question to stop and think about in your life. Because I know a millionaire, a billionaire would say, well, hey, I provide 100,000 jobs and all that sort of thing. And it's great. Um, and it's okay if you have a billion dollars. The question is, you're not going to take it with you. <laughs> It's, it's not, it's not uh, going to go into the coffin with you or go up into space with you. Um, so what's going to happen to all of those things? And is it going to be a net benefit or is it a net loss? Um, for me, it's a big, big, complicated question. And so for me, I th that's why God gave us this idea of the tithe. The whole idea of a tithe is to give us the comfort level of knowing that we're serving God with what we have. Um, because politics becomes a, being a very, very, very complicated and messy thing. Very, very complicated and messy. And every society um, kind of seems to evolve more and more and more complicated to the point where it becomes so complicated that it just folds in on itself. And we see this happen to societies all around the world. I mean, they I think politicians try to do good, you know, but they end up, you know, creating more laws and more structure that just end up destroying a society. I think that's why the founding fathers were so big on freedom. Like, let's just have government as slim as possible and let the people figure it out. Um, and then, um, you know, then powerful forces come in and say, well, it's not working out well, so we need a law. And then another powerful forces say, it's not working out well, so we need a law. And all of a sudden, pretty soon, you end up with so many laws that it's, it chokes the chokes the society and it falls apart and then it starts over again and that's just kind of the natural revol, you know revolution evolution of societies and that when you live in those kind of societies um, just do as best as you can right but still still don't steal don't steal somebody else's property that is a that is a number one thing that you should live your life by. Don't steal anybody's property. Be a net giver to the world than a net receiver. And in the world of politics and nations and governments and things like that, you know, live within the, render to Caesar that which is to Caesar, but render to God. That's a good way to put it. Render to Caesars that which is Caesar's. Let the government figure out 
tax you, do all that thing, you know, to figure that out. But you in your heart render to God that which, which you think belongs to God. And for me, that's the tithe. I, I think that is a good amount to give to God. Uh, and then the offering, which is anything over the tithe. I think those things are good things to do um, to help protect me against this you shall not steal commandment. Um, so anyway, um, I, I don't know if this makes any sense at all. It, it, in my head, it makes a lot of sense, but I'm not sure as I'm speaking these words if it makes, if it makes any sense as they come out. But basically, um, basically, God does not want you to steal from anybody else. That's basically, basically what God wants. And the more complicated a society gets, the more complicated that equation becomes. Um, so have a heart. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, that's probably the best way to describe this is to let God grab your heart to give you a very, very strong desire that when you see him on judgment day, you can stand proud before him and say, you know, I did as best as I could in the society that I lived in to render to Caesar what Caesar demanded of me. But in my heart, all I really wanted to do was to serve you and to be your disciple. And I gave so much of myself to the world around me to make your kingdom grow. And um, I tried very, very hard not to steal anybody else's stuff. I, my heart was that I wanted to be a net giver in this life. And I think that's a good way to live. I really do think that's a good way to live. I think then when you come before God, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I see that in your heart. And I see how your heart was that way. And I know that it was difficult on this earth to, to manage finances and retirement. And I'm, you know, I'm, thinking that, you know, at some point in the next 10 years, I may have to think about retirement. So um, I know that they say once you get into your 60s, you need to start making plans for that because there are things that you have to put into place um, like a Roth IRA or something like that. But um, <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, I just, I, I, but I, I know that there are those things, but my heart, my heart is that I want to be I want to be an ambassador for the kingdom as long as God gives me breath. And uh, that's that's kind of where my heart is. So I don't want to steal. I want to give. I want to give and give and give. That's what I want to do. Uh, and my prayer is, is that God, I'm pretty sure you're this way too. I mean, God, God's working in your heart and you want to, you want to give, you know, from the blessings that God has given you to make this world I'm not talking about the political world. I'm talking about the culture, the the world that we live in, the kingdom, to, to help the kingdom be a great kingdom for the kingdom of God, for this earth. All right, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, it's a good place to stop. Uh, looks like my stream health worked, so I'm... No, it didn't. Huh. All right, so we'll close in prayer. Gracious God, thank you for the blessings of this day. Continue to watch over all of us. Help us to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen.